And I thought, I said, well, that means the third service is going to be empty. Well, I guess I was wrong about that too. Amen. I thought, well, either, either they forgot to set their clock or they knew that right after the third service, we was going to have towed all these chairs out here. Amen. So, but either way, hey, I am glad that you're here. Good, good full house today. Uh, well, this is our last service in the building. Last service in the building. Can we give God praise right there? Amen. Next week, we'll be in the tent for Flashback Sunday and, uh, and, and five months forever. I, honestly, they are really coming along really, really fast. And uh, I don't really think it's going to take as long as what they, they have planned it out to be. So hopefully we'll get in it early. Uh, and I better quit saying that because I'm going to jinx it. Amen. But uh, we, are, we are proud of what God is doing. How many of you, how many of you have, have been asked since, since we put the tent up, somebody in the, in the community asked you, what y'all doing with that tent? How many of y'all got asked that? Mm-hmm. How many of y'all, when they gave you, when you told them we're going we're gonna to have church there, how many of y'all got the look? That, let me translate that look. That means, are you crazy? Don't you know it's wintertime? Don't you know? Yeah, yeah, we know all of that. Uh, why, why are we doing all that? Why, why are we doing all that? Why, why are we going through that kind of aggravation? Why, are we do, why do we do back-to-back-to-back services? Why, why have three services on a Sunday? Why are you killing yourself? Why, why are all the volunteers doing all that stuff? Don't they spending half the day at church? What in the world? What's got into them people? Why are they doing that? Is that not crazy? Well, we're going to answer that question. We're going to answer that question. Here in 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, Paul's been called all kind of things. He's been called crazy. He's been called a liberal. He's been called a compromiser. Uh, they've even called him a babbler, a bird brain, if you will. They, they've called him all kind of stuff and, and asked him why he did. Because see, Paul, he didn't care. He became all things to all men that he might by all means save some. He chapped a lot of people. Listen, they didn't like his methods. They didn't like his message. They didn't like anything that he was doing. And they thought he was crazy. But why did Paul do all of that? Why did he put up with the rods and the, the beatings that he took? Why did he put up with being stoned and, and left for dead? Uh, why, did, why did he deal with the shipwrecks and all that he went through for the gospel's sake? Well, this chapter tells us. He gives us the reasons. What motivated him to do what he did? What motivated it for him to give up everything he had for the cause of Christ? What, what was it that, that prompted him to do what he did? And when I saw this in this chapter, I really believe these are the same reasons These are the same motivations that we have to do what we do here at Temple. So this is what we're going to say. Why do we do what we do here at Temple? If you're with me, say amen. Amen. Look in verse number 8. Look in verse number 8. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. I'm so glad to know I I was at the bed of a dear brother, a friend of ours, a church member, uh, this past Friday, uh, I, was, I was at his bedside when he took his last breath on this side of eternity. And you know what? I wasn't standing there. I had tears in my eyes and I was broken, but I wasn't standing there without hope because of that verse. That verse tells me the moment his eyes closed on this side, they opened on that side. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And he says, because of that, we labor. 
We labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. Paul said this, I'm not trying to please everybody. I'm just trying to please him. You know, it will be a great glad day in all of your lives when you realize you can't please everybody. You can't please anybody all the time. And if you will focus on pleasing the Lord Jesus Christ, if he's smiling, it don't matter who's frowning. He says, I want to be accepted of him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are made manifest unto God. In other words, God knows our hearts. He knows what's on the inside. And I trust also are made manifest in your conscience. For we commend not ourselves again unto you, but give you occasion to the glory of our behalf, to glory on our behalf, that ye may have somewhat to answer them which glory in appearance and not in heart. Let me, let me explain that. What he's saying there is we're not defending ourselves again to you. We're not, we're, not, we're not trying just to defend our style, our ministry, whatever. We are trying to give you a reason to be able to explain to those who are doing it, not because their heart, not because of the right reasons, but because of surface issues. In other words, they're hypocrites. We want to give you what you need to say to them. For whether we be beside ourselves, that means crazy. Say amen. How many of y'all feel a little crazy sometimes? He said, if we are crazy, we're crazy for God. It is to God. Or whether we be sober, it is for your cause. Now, I need everybody to help me read these two verses right here. For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead, and that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for this awesome crowd. Thank you for the spirit that's in this place. Now, Father, give me the unction to preach your word, and, and Lord, in spirit and in truth, give me power. God, I pray that when we leave here, we can say we have met with the Lord. God will praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. If you've been, if you've been going to temple any amount of time at all, you understand that, 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 that temple is not always uh, described in a good light. Uh, you, you understand, especially if you've been here since the little building, you understand that temple has received criticism. Uh, temple has received all kind of uh, ridicule and, and, and different things from people. Uh, and, and let me say this before I even get into the, the Bible part of this. I, I need everybody to know this. And you, I want you to keep this in your heart and keep this in your head. And no matter what happens, no matter what anybody says, we have never made a change or an adjustment in ministry for the sake of doing it because somebody else was doing it. Everything we've ever done, everything we've ever changed, everything we've ever adjusted, it was for the sole purpose of reaching more people for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. That is the deal. But we have gone through all, I'm, I'm telling you, I've had people come to me. I've had people come to me and say, well, I heard you got you to gotta show your, your tax forms in order to join temple. In other words, we won't let you join if you don't make enough money. That's the craziest thing I've ever heard of in my life. I said, if that was the case, we'd lose three quarters of our people. Amen. <laughs> Including the preacher. <laughs> that is crazy. 
Why do y'all do this? Why did y'all change them services? Why do y'all not go to church on Sunday night? Why do y'all do Where's Sunday school? What, what, all this stuff. I mean, just one thing after another. Y'all are crazy. We've heard it. We've heard it. We've heard it. I've had people I went to Bible college with thought I've lost my mind. Some of them still do. My own family. Why would we do all of this stuff? Why would we endure that? Why would we put up with that? Why in the world would you walk across a gravel parking lot going to the house of the Lord? I mean, it's a long way out there. We, our staff, we park the farthest away because we're not going to ask you to do something that we're not willing to do. We're going to climb the ladder first. Say amen. amen. And we walk all the way across that gravel. Why in the world are you going to church in a tent in the wintertime? What were you thinking? Why would you do all that stuff? Why would you go through all of that stuff? Well, let me give you three reasons. Three reasons that Paul said he put up with the stuff that he put up with. Why would you go through the aggravation of, 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 of going back to back to back services, trying to get a group of people out and trying to get a group of people in? It's crowded there, and it's, it takes a long time to check the kids in. And, 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 and a coffee shop. What in the world are you doing with a coffee shop in the church house? Well, I've seen some churches, enough people sleeping, you need a coffee shop. Say amen. You better put some Red Bull in there or something, amen. <laughs> or improve your preaching one. I don't know, but hey, in case somebody's sleeping, elbow them right now, amen. It's the time. Why? Look what he says. Look what he says. Number one, look in verse number, look in verse number 14. For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And that he died for all that they, now watch what he says right here, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves. They should not be selfish. They should not be all about themselves. He said, if he died for us, then we should live for him. You say, preacher, why do we do what we do? Number one, because of the cross. Because of the cross. The Bible says, for consider him who endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your mind. It says he is the author and the finisher of our faith. Look unto him. Don't look unto your neighbor. Don't look unto the other churches. Don't look unto this person or that person. Look unto Jesus. I'm telling you, when you get weary and faint in your mind, when you're struggling with the sacrifice, when you're struggling with service, when you're ready to quit and give up, you need to get a good glimpse of Calvary. We do what we do because of the cross of Jesus Christ. I, one Wednesday night, one Wednesday night, uh, after it had been a rough week, been, been at church all day long, and after Bible study, uh, Bible study, I really went after it, and I, I wasn't feeling good. And I, I've got a sciatic nerve in my hip that acts up every now and then. Thank God it's not doing it right now. But every now and then, it'll flare up. And, and, and we had a, a, an emergency after Bible study, so I was here at the church late. About 10 o'clock, I walked outside of the office, and, and I looked across, and, and I'd forgotten where I'd parked. And I, I, I walked across, and I was standing on that wood platform. I looked at and, and it looked like... Like my truck was 17 miles away and boy my hip was hurting and I looked at that truck way out there and I thought Lord I don't love these people this good I'm just gonna tell you that 
right now. Boy, that seemed like a long way away. And you know what? It didn't take but just a few seconds that I remembered that Jesus walked from the, the, the judgment hall after he had been beaten with a cat of nine tails, after they drove a crown of thorns into his head, after they plucked his beard out and spit in his face and punched him with their own fist. And here he is, bruised and battered and bloody, carrying an old rugged cross down the Via Della Rosa all the way to Calvary. And oh, the walk that Jesus took and the journey that Jesus took so that I could be forgiven and I could be saved, not for his own benefit, but for my benefit. He that was rich became poor that I might be rich. He who knew no sin took upon sin upon himself so that I could be set free. I'm telling you, when I look at the cross, that walk ain't too far. How can we look at the cross and think we're giving too much? How can I look at the cross and think I'm sacrificing too much? Why do we do what we do? Why do we put, and, and, and a lot of people have the wrong idea about me. They really do. I, 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 I've heard people say, boy, I'm glad, preacher, you're standing with it. And, boy, you don't care what people think and you don't care what people say and you'll just, uh, now I'm going to say the truth because that's what I'm called to do and that's what I'm supposed to do. That's what God said to do. But it bothers me. I do care what people think. I do care what people say. I sat down with a preacher and had lunch with him. Two weeks later, I found out from another preacher friend of mine that he was saying how liberal we were and all. And I just sat down with lunch. I wanted to choke him to death. Man, that bothered me. I'm sorry. I wasn't supposed to say that. I wanted to pray for him. I really did. There's not many watching by internet today, is there? Amen. And I was like, really? I mean, we was just at lunch, man. Why? Why do we do that? And you know, I think that's not that big a deal after what Jesus did. Look how they talked about him. Look about how they mocked him. Look about how they betrayed him. He coming to his own, and his own received him not. Even though there's a lot of critics, I still got a lot of people who love me. Jesus hung with nobody. And by the way, this is his own father turned his back on him in that moment. And we get upset because somebody's running their mouth. I say this. This ain't real spiritual. But that song says, let's give them something to talk about. Yeah. What do you think? That'll work? When you feel like quitting, when you feel like giving up, when you feel like that's just too long a walk from the gravel pit or parking lot, gravel parking lot. This is definitely the third service, amen. This is definitely. When it gets aggravating, not having the opening and, and having to do this, when it, when it gets a little bit chilly in the tent, and hopefully, listen, we got it heating in there, so hopefully that's not going to be an issue, but let's just say it does. When we feel like, you know what, this just isn't worth it, let's take a look at Calvary. When you're ready to quit giving, when you're ready to quit sacrificing, when you're ready to quit serving, just think, you know what? Jesus paid more than I did. Amen. 
number two, number two. Yeah, give him praise. Give him praise. He deserves it. He deserves it. Look at the second thing. Look at the second thing. Look in verse number 20. Why, why do we do what we do? Paul, why did he do what he did? Because of the cross. Number two, because of the call. Because of the call. Look what it says in verse, verse 20. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by In other words, God is a- asking you to be saved through us. We are representatives of God in the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. What did Paul know? He had a calling. He was a representative. He was an ambassador. God had given him a command to share the gospel with those who didn't have it. Now, let me give you two or three verses here. If we, if we can put these verses on the screen. Now, watch this. Watch this. Read this with me. Go ye therefore. Say that with me. Everybody say it with authority. And teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Now, now most people will say, that's the Great Commission. That is the responsibility, that is the call that God has put upon every single child of God. That's what people say. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Watch this next one. Watch this next one. Uh, Mark 16, 15. Read it with me. And he said unto them, go ye, say it with me, go ye, say it again, into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now, now, most theologians, most, most Bible scholars say that's for every Christian. But most Christians believe that's for the missionaries. That's for those who are going to uh, Iraq. They're going to China. They're they are going to Israel. They're going to Brazil. They're going to Russia. They're going to uh, the far ends of the earth. That's, those verses are for them. Okay. I got one more. Luke 14, 23. Now, how many of y'all are saved in here? Born again, you know Jesus as your personal name. Raise it. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. Raise your hand. How many of y'all know that since you're saved, you're his servant? He purchased you with his own blood. You are a servant of the most high God. How many of y'all believe that? Say amen. amen. Now watch. Now watch. If those other two verses, if those other two verses are for missionaries, watch what the Bible says in Luke 14, 23. And the Lord said, help me, and the Lord said unto the, that's you and me, he said unto the servant, go out, say that again, say it again, into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled and his tent, (laughs) and his tent. Listen. There are people that live in the highways, and there are people that live in the hedges. For you country people and you city people, God's got a job for you to do. Are y'all with me? We are to go out into all the world, especially our world, and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. You know what that word compel means? My, my father was a theologian. He explained that to us as I was growing up. And you remember, his country is cornbread. He said, compel means to hog time. Hog time. Get them and convince them. Give a compelling argument. Hog, drag them in. Do whatever it takes to get them in the house of God. That is our responsibility. Not just a missionary. You are a missionary to the highways and hedges. They may be a missionary to Iraq. They may be a missionary to Brazil. They may be a missionary to Costa Rica. They may be a missionary to Germany. But you are a missionary to Coleman. 
God has given us the responsibility that the house be filled. Do you realize there is no reason in this world that any church in America should have empty chairs in it? Not one reason in this world because we have a commission, we have a calling, we have a responsibility to go to our neighbors, to go to our families, to go to our friends and compel them to come into the house that it might be filled. Somebody say amen. I I hear arguments all the time. Well, I don't know enough of the Bible. You know, that kind of stuff, that's for them spiritual people. That's for them, you know, them high, higher up people in the church, or that's for those uh, people that's gone to Bible college, and that's for people that know the Bible. Well, let me give you an illustration. How many of y'all remember, how many of y'all remember the demoniac of Gadara? Y'all remember he was crazy. Running around in the tombs, in the graveyard. Y'all with me? Naked, running around, full of demons. They tried to, they tried to chain him. They tried to fix him, but all of man's efforts couldn't get it done. The people were afraid of him. When they came and Jesus came into the town, the Bible says that he came running to Jesus. Jesus cast the demons out. He healed the man. And when the townspeople came out, they found this demoniac sitting at Jesus' feet, clothed and in his right mind. Are y'all with me? This was not one of the spiritual leaders of the church. He was not a deacon. He was not an elder. He was not a pastor. He was not an evangelist. He was not a missionary. But you know what Jesus told him? When it came time for Jesus to leave, this man wanted to go with him. And Jesus said, hold up. Whoa, hold up, hold up. No, you can't go with me. Here's what I need you to do. I need you to go to everybody you know, and I need you to tell them what I've done for you. Do you know what what he automatically became? An evangelist, a missionary. Someone who shared the gospel. And what I'm trying to say is he had no spiritual background. His spiritual background was being a crazy person. Being somebody full of demonic powers and demonic influences. Running around naked in the tomb. But the next day he went out and told somebody about what God had done for him. You don't have to go to Bible college. You don't have to know half the Bible. All you have to know is what God did for you. You just say, hey, let you know, if they, and, and I know, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's why most people won't witness. They're afraid someone's going to ask them a question out of the Bible they don't know. That's one of the biggest reasons. What if they ask me a question I don't know? I've got a simple answer. This, this is easy. This is no problem. Here's what you say. How to, here's how you respond to their question. I don't know. <laughs> Let's try that. Let's try that. Wasn't that liberating? You know, the greatest day in my life as a pastor is when I realized I didn't have to know everything. I'm serious. When I first started pastoring, I was 21, I think, 21 or 22 years old, and I thought I had to know everything. If they came to me with a Bible question or a spiritual issue, I thought because I was the pastor, I had to know everything. So if I didn't know it, I made it up. Trust me, it's not good. (laughs) And what I learned is I don't have to know it if I can find it. And if they ask you a question you don't know, say, that's a very good question. I'm going to talk to my preacher about that. And I'm going to find that answer. But until then, how about sitting beside me in church? 
It's not complicated. We make it complicated. Compel. You know, a lot of problems, too, we're not good with rejection. I was convinced that my wife would say yes before I asked her on a date. Her best friend and my best friend was best friends, and he said, I promise you, I've already asked her. She will say yes. I said, okay, I'll ask now. Amen. <laughs> I can't deal with rejection. That's why, you know, I, I, I wouldn't be a good salesman. You know, I just, because I give up too easy. I just do. I mean, I, I, I remember one time, my dad, he loves this kind of thing. He loves the, 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 the haggling and dealing with people and trying to get deals and all that and and and, and it don't bother him if they say no it don't bother him a bit he don't think and he just keeps on deep it, one of his favorite sayings sharpen your pencil now let's get that price on down let's sharpen that pencil <laughs> so I, I learned that when we was when we was in south carolina uh i wanted to buy a truck and he was going with me and, and everything and it was a 68 ford truck uh, uh white pretty mag wheel say amen men say amen right there and this guy, he wanted $2,000 for it. And I told dad, I said, I got this. I'm going to do this. He said, I said, I've I done seen you do it enough. I got, I'm, I'm going to do it. He said, all right. He said, now here's what, here's what you do. He wants 2000 He said, show him them $1,500 $1, bills. Say, you give him $1,500 cash money on the barrel out the door right here. If you'll take it today, I'll give you $1,500 right here. I mean, right now, $1,500. I said, all right, I got it. I got it. Okay. He said, you sure you don't want me? I said, no, I got it. I got it. I got it. <laughs> And uh, so we get in there, and, 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 and I walk in, the guy sitting behind the desk, and he's got them glasses on the end of his nose looking over him. That's a bad sign already, amen? And I said, i tell you what. I said, that white truck out there, I'll give you 1500 And I spread them out on that table right there, and I was all confident. I just knew he was going to. He said, i tell you what. He said, I wouldn't take $19.99. In other words, he wouldn't take $1 less than what he was asking. You know what I said? Okay, here's the rest right here. My dad's sitting over here. No, no. <laughs> I said he wouldn't take it. He said, you're supposed to walk out the door, you dummy. Amen. What? Okay, here it is. Here it is. <laughs> and you know, we do that with people. You invite them to church one time. No, okay. Let me ask you a question. How many of y'all believe in hell? Y'all believe hell's real? How many of y'all believe heaven's wonderful? Then don't your loved ones and friends deserve a compelling argument? Let's quit giving up too soon. Don't quit when they said no. Keep on asking. Because it may be that second time. It may be that third time. But sooner or later. Are y'all with me? Why do we do that? Because we have a call. We have a call. God's called us to bring him in. Church, say amen. amen. Number three, we're done. What was number one? We do what we do because of number one, the. Number two, because of the. Look in verse number 10. Look in verse number 10. <clears throat> the Bible says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done whether it be good or bad. Preacher, why do we do what we do? Because of the cross, because of the call, and because of the crown. Whether you believe it or not, whether you know it or not, we're not doing this for nothing. 
there is going to be a reward one day. Awesome. I want to quote this verse because a lot of people take this verse out of context, and we'll explain it, and I'll pray. So just focus on me. Put your notes down. Ain't no more notes to take. That's it. Look at me. Look at me. You got to get this. I want you to get this because this is so important. The Bible says this, and some of y'all probably got it memorized. You already know it too, but you know it in the wrong context. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever man See, you know it. You already know it. Whatsoever man, that shall he also. Now, you know what? 95% of the time, most everybody in here, if you've been to church any amount of time at all, you know how we apply that and put that in context of sin? We, we as preachers, I've heard it my whole life. Bless God, if you go out there and sow them wild oats, you're going to reap them. And we all apply it to sin. If you sow sin, you will. Now, you can apply it because that's true. That's true. If you, reap, if you sow bad stuff, you're going to reap bad stuff. That's true. But in the context of this chapter, that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about generosity. He's talking about the giving of the saints. And this is what he says. Be not deceived. He said, I don't want you to be, I don't want you to be deceived. I don't want you to be mislead, misled in this situation. God is not mocked. He is not mocked. And the word mock means is bad-mouthed, kind of like this. If somebody owes you money, and they don't pay you money and pay, pay you back, uh, and by the way, don't owe people money, especially other church people. Are y'all with me? If there's businesses in here that's been good enough to help you and bless you, pay them. Amen? That'll be a message for the tent. Amen? But what happens is, is, is this person owes this person. Well, this person don't pay this person. And so now this person badmouths, mocks, talks back. This person owes money. This person is, is a freeloader. They're not, they're not paying their debt. This is what this verse is saying. God will not be mocked. Nobody will be able to come to God and say, God, you owe me. I've done this and I've done that and I've given this and I've given that. You know what God says? That'll never happen with me. Nobody will ever outgive me. You say, how does he prove that? He gives this illustration. What a man. That shall he also. Now, how many of y'all, how many, I, I've got a, a good friend of mine that I coon hunt with. He's got cornfields. Corn, how many of y'all ever been in cornfields? Okay, how many of y'all ever seen corn? How many of y'all ate corn? Come on, people. You know what corn is. All right. They take one kernel of corn, one kernel of corn, and put it in the ground. And out of that one kernel of corn, a stalk comes up. And out of that stalk comes an ear about this long. And on that ear of corn, there's hundreds, hundreds of that one thing they put in the ground. What do we learn from sowing and reaping? That you always reap more than what you You put one tomato seed in the ground? You have a plant that can make dozens and dozens and do well, some of y'all do. I, mine don't never make nothing, but they, are y'all with me? Amen? Amen? You know what God is saying? You'll never outgive me. You'll never outgive me. I'm not going to be mocked. Nobody's, I'm not going to be in debt to anybody. For what you give, you're going to get back. 
Let me illustrate this. And I don't like saying this because I'm not bragging about my giving. I, I, trust me. The Bible says don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. I, I get all that, but I want you to get this. When this missions deal come up, I was praying about what God wanted me to give. And it was a su substantial amount. And I didn't have it in the budget, general fund, whatever you want to call it. I couldn't take it out to grocery money. Y'all with me? And I, I, but I wanted to give this amount. There's a certain amount, significant amount. And I was praying, Lord, give me this amount. I want to give this, and, and I don't have it, so you're going to have to give it to me. And, uh, and, 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 and Lord, I'll do whatever I need to do, work extra, hire, whatever. And, and, but Lord, I'd like to give this amount. So I was confident that God, and, and, and it, it started coming in one way or the other. And I thought, man, this is great. Y'all know my tires? They, they was, you could see the air in them. Now that's bald. Are y'all with me? And my wife's going to have to use my truck. And I'm thinking, I got to get tires for this truck. This, this, is, this is horrible. These tires are awful. It's, it's terrible. And I'm thinking, oh, man, I've got my mission thing. How am I going to do this at the same? And by, and, and by that time, the battery went out in my truck. All at the same time. Isn't that something? Amen. And I'm thinking, well, I just run down the advance auto and get me one of them $40, $50 batteries. And then, <laughs> How many of y'all bought a battery lately? Great day in the morning. What, them things filled with gold or what? $160 for a stinking battery. I'm like, really? I'm like, Lord, I'm trying to pay the missions thing. Everything in the world. How many of y'all know when you commit something to God that the whole world will fall apart at your house? The dishwasher will quit working, dog will bite you, you get infection, have to get a shot and have to pay for it. Say, I mean, it just stuff happens. You think, here I am, I'm trying to do this for God. And you know what? And it, it was to the day, to the day, I, I've been putting, and I had to take care of that, the tires and the battery because I couldn't walk, and, 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 or I didn't want to walk. And, <clears throat> and I had 200 of what I wanted to give, and it wasn't near what I wanted to give. And that day I walked in the office, I said, hey, guys, here, put this on my, my missions thing. That's not all of it. I got some more coming. And I didn't know it. That afternoon, all the rest of it come in. All the rest. I'm talking about before I left the building. It came in in, in crazy ways and enough to get a Whopper afterwards. Say man right there. <laughs> Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this. I'm trying to give God something. I'm trying to give God something. When I'm trying to give God something, he gave me tires, a battery, and a Big Mac. Say amen. <laughs> you ain't going to outgive him. You are not going to outgive him. Preacher, I've been sacrificing, spending all this time in this service and, and doing this and all this volunteer work. Well, guess what? One day, you're going to stand before the King of Kings. Preacher, I've been walking through all this gravel. Well, guess what? One day you're gonna walk on gold. I've been, I've been, I've been. Hey, look. The one thing we're working for, we're striving for, we're sacrificing for, we're doing all this stuff for, is one day we're gonna stand before Him and we want the Lord to say. Some of y'all say that's not biblical. Okay, He's gonna say, "Well done, thou good and faithful servant." You know what that means? Can we give him praise? Can we give him praise? That, let's all stand. Let's all stand. Let's all stand. That is why we do what we do.
that is why we walk through gravel. That is why we sacrifice. That is why we serve. That is why we do what we do. Can we all say amen to that? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to give a verse of invitation. And I want to pray, and I want to pray for you. I want to pray that God will touch you, and God will help you, and God will encourage you, and give you everything you stand in need of. We're going to have an invitation. You say, Preacher, I've been, I've been meaning to join. Well, here's a good time to do it. Preacher, I need to be saved. I need to trust Christ as my Savior. I, I've, never, I've never given God my life. Well, here's a good time to do it. We have men for men and ladies for ladies. They've got Bibles in their hands, and they can take a Bible and show you exactly how you can know Jesus as your Savior. You say, Preacher, I just, wanna, I just need encouragement. Well, come, and we'll help you today. Father, thank you, Lord, for the blessing that you've received, and, Lord, the blessing you've given as we praise you and we worship you and we exalt you, I pray that you'll use us for your glory. I pray, God, that one day we can stand before you and know that we have pleased you in this life that we live and the blessings and the opportunities you've given us. I pray that your will be done. And, Lord, we'll praise you and thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.